Here's so many familiar faces. Some have come a long way. Rodney and Jennifer, I'm glad that y'all are here. Uh, who else is, say, from 50 miles away or more? Anybody else? There you go. Tracy is 50 miles. That's right. Y'all are way away. But everybody else is close by. Boy, I'm glad that y'all are here. I know that the Lord is glad that you're here too. And uh, I just pray that you're getting ready to receive a huge blessing. Amen? Uh, because, not because of what I'm going to do, or what the church is going to do, or what any person is going to do, but because I pray that God's Word is going to speak to you. Um, I'd like to begin reminding you of last year's news. You may remember that on January 15, 2009, pilot Sully Sullenberger successfully landed U.S. Airways Flight 1590 in the Hudson River, sparing all 155 passengers who were aboard. That's good news, amen? On February the 12th, however, Continental Flight 3407 crashed on approach to the Buffalo International Airport, killing all 49 passengers aboard. That was bad news. On June the 29th, 71-year-old Bernard Madoff got what he deserved when he was sentenced to 155 years in prison for scamming billions from investors and retirees. That was good news. Amen. He got what he deserved. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, reported 2,223 deaths from April to December and then 45,232 people were hospitalized due to swine flu last year. That was some bad news, amen? You may remember the U.S. Navy snipers shot and killed three pirates and saved the captain of a cargo ship that had been held hostage for over five days. That was some good news, amen? Senator Edward Kennedy Passed away after a long battle with brain cancer. That was bad news, depending on your political view. The king of pop, Michael Jackson, was pronounced dead after being given a dangerous amount of prescription medication. That was certainly bad news. But you know what? All of that good news and all of that bad news plus this 69 cents might get you a cup of coffee. It really probably had no direct bearing on your life. But today, I want to give you some news you can use. I want to give you some news that will affect your life today and news that will affect your life when you die. It's some news that went down over 2,000 years ago. It seems that the self-proclaimed Son of God, Jesus Christ, was brutally killed. The Bible tells us that after being falsely accused as being an evildoer, Jesus was hung on a cross until He died, then He was buried in a borrowed grave. That's some bad news. But the good news is twofold. The good news is... The reason he died was to pay for your sins and mine. That's good news. But it's also good news because three days later, our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Now, him dying is good news because if I believe that Jesus paid for my sins, that means I ain't got to pay. Am I right? If Jesus paid it, I ain't got to. Am I right? Yeah. 
All right. But why is it good news that Jesus rose from the grave? I mean, what is the big deal about Easter? Why do we celebrate the day that Jesus rose from the grave? Today we're going to look at the answers to two questions. One, what does Christ's resurrection mean? And two, why does it matter? I mean, really. If you'll turn to me in the Word of God to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'd like to share with you Paul's words as he writes to this church. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast to that word if I preach to you unless you believed in vain for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas then by the twelve then after that he was seen by over 500. How many? How many? 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James. And after that, by all the apostles. And then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help it to Understand, help us to understand why the resurrection matters. In Jesus' name, amen. First off, you've got to know that the resurrection of Christ Jesus is a historical fact. The whole city of Jerusalem knew about it. The entire Roman Empire knew about it. It was huge news. If CNN had been there, they would have covered it live. It was news. And a lot of people saw Jesus after he died. They saw him living after he died on the cross. But what does Christ's resurrection mean to me? Well, it means three things. It means that Jesus is who he claimed to be that he has the power he claimed to have, and it also happens to mean that he did what he promised he'd do. Let's look at those this morning. The resurrection means that Jesus is the person that he claimed to be. In John chapter 11, Jesus' best friend Lazarus has died. And Jesus is comforting his sister Martha and tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Man, Jesus made some outrageous claims when he was on earth. Outrageous claims. He said stuff like, I'm God. He said things like, I'm perfect. Jesus said things like, I'm the only way to heaven. He said things like, you know what? 
I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the son of God. Outrageous things. And so many people, even in our day, try to tell us that Jesus was just really a good teacher. But a good teacher wouldn't be saying stuff like that. I mean, I may teach you a good moral lesson and you might say, man, that brother Bill's a pretty good teacher. But if I go to saying that I'm God, you're going to say that brother Bill's a nut. Amen. <laughs> I walked right into that one, amen. Let me tell you about a day that Jesus walked into the temple. He walked into the temple to pray, to worship God, and the people had turned the temple into something like a flea market. And so he kicked every single one of them out. And they said, who do you think you are? And he said, well, I'm God. And they said, well, prove it. And he said, okay, I will. Three days after you kill me, I will come back to life. He claimed to be God, and his resurrection backs up who he claimed to be. Now, there are some people that will try to tell you that all roads lead to heaven. That there are many, many, many ways for a person to go to heaven. Whatever you do, don't listen to them. They are fools. That's like me trying to say, you know, I can dial any phone number in the book, and get a hold of you at the house. That don't make any sense, does it? There's only one number that I can call and get a hold of you at home. It's the same with God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Period. Jesus is saying, I am the person who can take you to heaven. The resurrection means that he's the person he claimed to be. But it also means that Jesus has the power that he claimed to have. Jesus said that all power on earth and in heaven has been given to me. And friends, because Jesus is God, he can do anything that God can do. Anything. In John chapter 10, he says, nobody takes my life from me. Nobody takes my life from me. I had the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it back up again. I have the power. Can I tell you this, friends? That there is no force in the universe that could have kept Jesus in that grave that day. No force, no power greater than the one power that the Lord had. The Romans killed him. They put him in that tomb. They rolled this huge rock in front of it. They sealed it with a Roman seal. They posted a 24-hour guard in front of it. But he said, they can't stop me. That ain't going to stop me. I give my life away. I'll take it up again. Would you agree? And if you agree with me after I say this, you give me a big hearty amen. If you don't, don't say nothing. Amen. Would you agree with me that there is no greater power that you know of than the power over death? Amen. No greater power than the power over death. 
Jesus said, because I'm God, I have the power over the grave and I can deliver you from death. Don't know about you, but I want some of that. Amen? The resurrection also means that Jesus did what he promised he'd do. Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, they're going to mock me, they're going to whip me, they're going to kill me, but three days later, guess what? I'm coming back to life. He made him a promise. He told him that was going to happen. You see, the cross was absolutely no surprise to the Lord Jesus. The cross was all part of the plan of God to deliver you and I from sin. But it sure was a surprise to a whole lot of other folks that weekend. I mean, how would you feel if you had been one of the guys that put Jesus to death? Think about it. You publicly execute him in front of thousands. Everybody sees him die. You take him and you bury him. You put this rock in front of the tomb. You seal it. You put a 24-hour guard in front of it. And then three days later, he's up walking around town again. How'd that feel? Yeah, they were surprised. But here's the deal. Jesus did what he promised he'd do. He did what he promised he'd do. And because Jesus did rise, he's the person he said he was. Because he did rise, he's got the power he said he had. And because he did rise, he keeps the promises that he makes. Okay. Alright, I get it. I get it. He's the person. He has the power. Keeps his promises. Okay. So what? So what? Why should Christ's resurrection matter to me? Well, it should matter for three reasons. But because, because he is who he said he was, and he has the power he said he had, and he keeps his promises, that means that my past sins can be forgiven. I got a lot of them, amen? I got a lot of them, amen? Watch out now. My past sins can be forgiven, and that's good news. Have you ever been halfway through a project and just wish you could scrap it and start all over again? Many people are like that about life. They get halfway through life and they say, man, if I could just start over. If I could start over knowing then what I know now. Anybody ever said that? That was just me. You know, we've all done things that we know we shouldn't have done and we all have said things that we wish we hadn't said. We've all thought things that we wish we hadn't thought. We all have regrets. We've all done bad things. We, we, we've all had guilt. And some people just can't get on with it. They can't get on with the present, much less the future. Why? Because they're stuck in the past. They can't forgive themselves. Here's some good news. God has given a pardon program. He's given a pardon program. God's son died 
for all my failures. Died for all my sins. His son paid for my guilt. Verse 3 says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That means I ain't got to pay for it. That means the debt's been paid. The bill's been paid. How many of you remember a bill after you pay it? Anybody? Man, when I pay a bill, it's gone. I forget it. Well, likewise, once God's forgiven it, we ought to forget it. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. And that's good news. You need to know that you can walk out of this place this morning. You can walk out of here this morning knowing that every single thing that you've done up to this point can be completely wiped out. Completely forgiven. That's news I can use. Amen. Jesus did not come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. And that's good news. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He says, I want to change you. He says, I want to help you. He says, I want to give you a brand new beginning. I want to give you a fresh start. I want to give you a clean slate. And that's good news because the resurrection matters because my past can be forgiven. But it also matters because that means that my present problems can be managed. My present problems can be managed. So much of our life is out of control. But you'll never get in control thinking that you're going to figure it all out. It ain't happening. Amen? we got to realize. Realize that we can't manage all that life is going to throw at us. We need help. I can't manage all that life's going to throw at me, but God can. Amen? God can, and that's good news. I need some of that news. You see, perhaps the number one complaint in people's lives today is, is my life is completely out of control. I feel powerless to change my situation. I feel powerless to break this bad habit. I feel powerless to save this relationship. I feel powerless to get my tail out of debt. I feel powerless to change my circumstances, to change and manage my time, to change and manage my schedule. Friend, what you need is a power much greater than yourself. Because you were never meant to live this life in your own power. You were meant to have help. Here's you some good news. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us how incredibly great His power to help the believer is. How incredibly great is His power to help those who believe in Him. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That's some good power, amen? You see... 
You don't know what the future holds. And neither do I. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know what's going to happen next month, next week. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And neither do you. But it don't matter. Because even if it's completely out of my control, it ain't out of God's control. He's my help. He's the one who cares for me. So why does the resurrection matter? Because it means my past can be forgiven. It means that my present can be managed. But His resurrection also matters because my future can be secure. My future. Do you know that there is one huge problem that we all have in common? Everyone in this room has the same problem. Death. Death. I'm going to die someday. I know you don't like that. But you are too. And only a fool would go through this life unprepared for what he or she knows is coming. Are you prepared for the day of your death? The fact is this, we're going to spend far more time on that side of eternity than we ever dreamt we could on this side. And everybody wants to know the same question. What's going to happen when I die? Well, here's some news you can use. And this is very important because one day every one of us are going to stand before God. And you're going to need to know the right answers when you stand there. The first thing you need to know is that heaven is an absolutely perfect place. It's total love. It's absolutely total joy, total peace, total perfection. There's no sin. There's no mistakes. There's no errors. There's no evil. There's no anything bad. Total perfection in every area. And here's the second thing. The Bible says that in order for you to go there, you have to be perfect too. Oh, man. Brother Bill, I guess that does me out. Well, you know what? It does me out too. Every single person is guilty of sin. And what hope do we have then of going to heaven? Where's the hope? Well, the Bible gives us some more news that we can use. It gives us some bad news we can use, and it gives us some good news we can use. The first part is the bad news. Everybody likes to know the bad news first, right? The bad news is, is that the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. Man, that's the bad news. Apart from the gift of life found only in Jesus, you and I have no hope. But hold on. Here's you some good news. Here's you some good news. Jesus gives us hope if we believe. 
Romans 6.23 says, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus reverses the death process. Stops it in its tracks. Allows it to be reversed. And the moment that you trust Christ, your eternal life is in based on His perfection, not your imperfection. The moment that you trust Christ, your spirit becomes alive in Him and ultimately, so will your body. So for the Christian, physical death ain't no big deal. Physical death is not the end. It's only a doorway to heaven. John 17 verse 3, the Lord Jesus said, This is the way to eternal life, knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one He sent to earth. That's how you have eternal life. That's how you have heaven. Friend, you see, a Christian is not somebody who accepts a religion. A Christian is someone who has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's quite that simple. So would you like to have everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do, absolutely forgiven? Would you like to acquire a, a new power to help you manage the struggles you've got day to day? Would you like to have the hope that your future is secure? If your answer is yes, I got some news you can use. Some good news. Jesus has already paid your way into heaven. All you have to do is accept the ticket. Accept the ticket. Say that with me. Accept the ticket. Accept the ticket. Are you willing to accept the ticket today? Are you willing to trust Him and Him alone today? If you would like to, Accept the ticket. You can pray something like this. Jesus, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. So I'm asking you to save me today. I'm putting my total trust in you and I want to follow you. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for me. You see, the Lord Jesus has provided us with hope. A living hope.
want you to know that we have been praying for you for weeks. For weeks. If you're looking for some news you can use, if you're seeking a little bit of hope for your future, God offers you the gift for the taking. I'm going to ask you one question. Will you receive that gift today? Will you receive the gift God offers you today? After I pray, we'll be singing a, singing a song of decision. If the Lord has spoken to you in any way, if it's time for you to draw the line, accept the ticket, accept the gift. Just step out, step forward. Allow me to show you what the Word of God says about how you can be eternally saved. And have your place in heaven absolutely secure. Whatever you do, don't leave here lost. Don't leave here empty. Instead, leave full of Christ, full of hope. Whatever you do, don't leave here the way you came in. Leave here somehow closer to God. Let's pray. Father, in a group of worshipers this large, there is undoubtedly some who do not have a relationship with you through Christ Jesus. Lord, we don't want to make this issue of salvation complex because you have made it simple. We sinned. You provided a remedy for our sin. Why? Because you love us. And your love is so complete that there, was there would be nothing you would hold back even your only son. Father, I would encourage anyone who has heard the word of God and is ready to make a decision. Father, if when we're singing, they would just step out. Allow me the privilege of praying and allow you to do your miraculous transforming work in their lives. We love you, Father. And I don't know how we can thank you for what you gave except to give our lives to you. And so that we do in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God. I
just as I am and waiting not to read my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse his spot Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without whole lamb of God I come. I Just as I am poor, wretched, blind, side ridges, healing of the mind, eagle, I need in thee to find all of God I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. I Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yea, thine, above all of God I come. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Amen. Has it been good to be in God's house or is it just me? Amen. Amen. Amen.